to the regular meeting of the Blacksburg Planning Commission. Today is Tuesday, December 6, 2022. Regular meetings of the Blacksburg Planning Commission are held here on the first Tuesday of each month at 6.30 at the Roger E. Pe at Roger e. Hedgepath Chambers on the, uh, of the Blacksburg Municipal Building, 300 South Main. Citizens may address the Planning Commission during specified times on the agenda and are requested to adhere to the following. Please speak at the podium. Please state your name and address. Direct comments only to the commission. Please limit speaking time to a maximum of three minutes and speak only once during a specific hearing or comment period. A wireless microphone is available to anyone requesting the assistance. Please silence your cell phones, show respect for all speakers, and allow all opinions to be expressed in a tolerant atmosphere. With that, we will uh, call the meeting to order. May we have a roll call, please? Mr. Ford? Here. Mr. Herbine? Here. Ms. Jones? Mr. Kassoff? Present. Ms. Reinhart? Here. Ms. Walker? Here. Mr. Watson? Present. Finally, we have a quorum. Thank you. <clears throat> Today's consent agenda is comprised of three actions, the first one being uh, ZOA number 42, Ordinance 2002, the ordinance to amend the text of the town zoning ordinance to create, refine, and regulate small-scale alcohol production facilities, including associated uses such as tasting rooms and retail sales. And the action proposed is to cancel the public hearing for December 6th and reschedule for January 3rd, 2023. The next item is rezoning 20. 2003, a request for an amendment to previous rezoning ordinance number 746 to modify a planned commercial PC zoning district including permitted uses at the 1055 Plantation Road by Broad Street Partners for Blacksburg Green BLD. The action there is to cancel the public hearing for tonight, December 6, and reschedule for February 7, 2023. <clears throat> and last is CUP 22006, conditional use permit for mini warehouse use in the planned commercial PC zoning district at 1055 Plantation Road by Broad Street Partners, Blacksburg Green BLD. And the action there is to cancel the public hearing for tonight, December 6, and reschedule for February 7, 2023. Do we have a motion? I move approval of the consent agenda. All those in favor? Second. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. That will move on to our public hearings tonight, of which there are two. The first being CUP 22005, <clears throat> conditional use permit request for additional height in the downtown commercial zoning district at 310 Midtown Way by Foresight Design Services for Midtown Redevelopment Partners. And we have a staff presentation by Kenzie O'Shea. Thank you. In this presentation, I'll cover the request and the site first, and then the analysis and criteria for evaluation. This is a request for additional height in the downtown commercial district at 310 Midtown Way. The parcel is just under two acres, and its zoning is Midtown conditional downtown commercial. <clears throat> the request is for building height above 60 feet in this downtown district. The Midtown development was originally rezoned in 2019, which included a conditional use permit for a hotel on this parcel, as it was a desired part of the mix of the uses for the development. 
There was no limitation on the number of rooms in the CUP approval. The amendment in 2020 allowed additional height to be requested by conditional use permit. DC number one, the police department and parking garage, and DC parcel five, the mixed use building, were also both granted additional height through conditional use permits. The timeline of the application is seen on the screen. You can see we are at your Planning Commission public hearing. It's seen in orange. <clears throat> this aerial photo shows the parcel outlined in blue. This was taken prior to any construction on the site. It was taken when the entire site was being graded and infrastructure was being installed. On the screen is the master plan from the 2021 amendment showing the hotel parcel on DC6 in blue. This slide shows all of the various parcels in the Midtown development and their uses, as well as the split between the downtown commercial and PR zoning districts in blue and green. This graphic shows how the site plans have been organized and, their, and I will speak to their current development status. The phase one infrastructure has been installed and complete. Phase two infrastructure is nearing site plan approval. The police department and parking garage are complete. DC-5 is nearing site plan approval. DC-4A is under site plan review. DC-6 is what we are discussing today. PR-3 and 4, the townhomes, are under construction. PR-2 is under site plan review. PR-5 and Central Park are also under site plan review, as well as the commons and the plaza. Nothing so far has been filed for DC parcels two. <coughs> the specific request that you have before you is for 73 feet for a hotel use. This is 13 feet above the Midtown conditional DC zoning maximum height of 60 feet. Building height is defined in the zoning ordinance as well as the method for measuring, especially pertinent to corner lots. This definition was also provided in your staff report. This graphic illustrates how height is measured. The front and side heights are averaged together for a building with multiple street frontages like a corner lot. The front height is the vertical distance between the grade at the entrance of the front door and the highest point of the building. The side height is the vertical distance between the lowest adjoining grade at the street side to the highest point of the structure. And then you average the front with any of the sides. In this manner, the height is proposed to be 73, 73 feet when you consider Midtown Way as the front, Church Street, and Ehart Street as sides. The parcel has three public street frontages on Ehart, Church, and Midtown Way. The primary entrance seen here is on Midtown Way with a second primary entrance on Church Street. There is also an entrance interior to the site from the parking lot, as well as another on the south end of the building facing Ehart Street. There is a service and other entry along here on the western eastern side of the building facing the PR district. The criteria for evaluating conditional use permits is seen on the screen and includes conformity to the comprehensive plan and the mitigation of impacts. 
I'll focus on the criteria for evaluation and the staff analysis. Typically, conditional use permits are evaluated for their conformity to the comprehensive plan and the mitigation of impacts. In this instance, the hotel use itself was evaluated during the rezone and companion conditional use permit for Midtown in 2019. Section 1183 of the Zoning Ordinance gives guidance for applying conditions to mitigate adverse impacts. Furthermore, the Downtown Commercial Zoning District standards have specific criteria for evaluating requests for height above 60 feet. The full analysis of these points was provided in the staff report and update memo dated December 2nd, 2022. I'll touch on several of the pertinent points. If you want to follow along with the specific criteria, this is found beginning on page four of your staff report. The parcel does not have frontage on an arterial roadway. The Midtown Development Downtown Commercial District does have frontage on Main Street, which is an arterial. <clears throat> Much of the Midtown Development abuts residential zoning districts on the exterior of the development. The Police Department and DC5, both of which were also granted additional height, are also both within 250 feet of residential zoning. This graphic shows the closest pre-existing structure here approximately 90 feet away from the hotel property line here. The right of way between the two parcels is approximately 50 feet. The building is designed with pedestrian scale architecture and features regular rhythm of doors and windows. The design includes several areas for outdoor seating and dining adjacent to the public sidewalk. This rendering is seen as though you are standing with your back to the police department and parking garage, looking diagonally across the intersection with Midtown Way and Church Street is a good representation of the building's relationship to the street along Midtown Way here and Church Street here. There are doors along Midtown Way and Church Street that are pedestrian scale. Interior to the site and along Ehart Street on the left-hand side of the screen, we're looking towards Midtown Way and Church Street at the back. There is a retaining wall that loops the bottom end of the site, which is approximately 6 to 11 feet high. The Ehart Street sidewalk sits above the retaining wall. You can also see the entrances from the parking lot side and the service area to the right of the building. The applicant has included a number of architectural features and methods to break up the mass of the building, including a number of different building materials, as well as horizontal and vert vertical articulation. However, there is no building step back for any floors above the ground floor. But in this graphic, you can see that the floors above the ground floor are smaller than the ground floor is. You can also see in this graphic that there are varying roof heights, as well as forward and backward articulation and vert vertical column elements and horizontal details that provide visual interest. The setbacks for this particular parcel are dictated by the Midtown Rezone, Proffer, and Pattern Book. The setbacks were provided in the revised concept plan and are seen on the screen. Typically, sidewalks in town are required to be five feet wide. The downtown commercial zoning district has requirement for wider sidewalks. The midtown development has further sidewalk requirements per the proffer and pattern book. The November 28 concept plan shows wider sidewalks along a portion of the building frontage, 
but additional sidewalk width has not been provided along the full facade of the building. Sidewalks shown on the plan along the street frontages are those that are installed or will be installed as a part of the Midtown Infrastructure Plan. The wider sidewalk proposed in the November, in the November 28th concept plan is shown in yellow, <clears throat> which does not correspond to the entire frontage of the building where the increased height will be felt most at the pedestrian level. They did provide the through connection for between Midtown Way and Church Street and Ehart Street, I apologize, along the back of the parking lot. The pedestrian environment is more than just the sidewalk width and includes street furnishings, landscaping, building entries and awnings, and building articulation. The design of these features within this space contributes to a pleasant street, streetscape experience. While the Midtown Rezone did emphasize a number of these points and codified them within the pattern book and guiding elements, they were envisioned with an eye toward a 60-foot maximum structure height. Additional height requests in the Midtown development should include additional enhancements to further improve this environment. Staff has recommended a condition that includes specific language that can be found on the screen and in the staff report. Generally, staff recommends wider sidewalk between the building face and Church Street and the street along Church Street and Midtown Way, planters or other urban landscaping at regular intervals in addition to streetscape installed with the infrastructure plans. One additional tree in the area near the Ehart Street entrance, additional landscaping to shield the parking from Midtown Way at the entrance, and additional landscaping adjacent to the PR parcel. The November 28th concept plan is seen on the screen and this is a visual requirements of the, for the staff recommended condition as well as those how the applicant has addressed them. As previously discussed, the applicant is proposing wider sidewalk in this area in yellow. They have provided additional trees in this location here at the entrance. They're uh, proposing a double row of shrubs uh, in this area adjacent to the planned residential district and a double row of shrubs above the wall along Ehart Street. They have also proposed the additional street tree at the corner. As we look at the impact on adjacent land uses, in particular, this site is designed to be essentially flat from Midtown Way and Church Street intersection. The retaining wall at the southern end takes up the grade along Ehart Street and up Church Street. This building will be taller than the neighboring buildings and it does sit higher. For comparison, the Midtown DC5 building height was approved at 70 feet and the police department was approved at 76 feet. This slide shows how the, slight is, how the site is sloped. The arrows indicate the low portions of the site. The blue areas are the areas above the wall which will sit above the site. Going back to this graphic, the red line indicates the maximum height of other structures in the Midtown development. You can see DC5, which is across Midtown Way from this building, is here at the top line at approximately 65 feet. The renderings in this image show comparative heights, although they're not completely accurate due to the elevation changes. This is Midtown Way as seen from the commons. This is the proposed hotel here, uh, Church Street in front of us, 
Ehart Street on the right-hand side and Clay Street over here on the left-hand side. This is Midtown DC5. This again is looking from Ehart Street towards the interior of the site. And then this is looking kind of back from this direction. Now, these are the front parcels, the DC2 parcels that front on Main Street. This is the hotel here and the vehicle entrance. Church Street is back behind, and this is Midtown DC5 here. We also evaluate impacts in conditional use permit requests. The engineering department has reviewed the request and finds that the additional height request does not have any adverse impacts on town public infrastructure. The uses were evaluated at the time of the Midtown rezone and the required infrastructure improvements to mitigate the impacts were approved and installed. In summary, Planning Commission and Town Council are asked to make a discretionary decision to evaluate this conditional use permit for additional height in the downtown commercial zoning district. It should be evaluated per the pertinent sections of the zoning ordinance and should also consider the staff recommended conditions. The first two are seen on the screen and the third regarding the landscape and streetscape is seen on the screen now. That concludes my remarks. I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have of staff. Questions? Any questions for staff? Okay. Hearing none, we will move on to the applicant presentation. Uh, John Neal of Foresight Designs. Good evening, Mr. Chairman, members of the Planning Commission. Appreciate your all's time tonight. Um, <clears throat> think Kenzie covered everything pretty uh, substantially and I've presented most of this to you uh, at the work session so I'll, I'll try to be as brief as I can but I do want to touch on a few things that we did change from the last work session uh, but also because it is a public hearing make sure that I present everything that we want to show uh, the public as a, as a whole. Um, John Neal with Foresight Design, Miller Caldwell with Caldwell Architects is here as well to answer any architectural questions that you might have. Um, <clears throat> as I said, we're going through this process for the CUP request for additional height uh, with the Planning Commission, but there's also an architectural review that's running parallel uh, that the Town Council is going to take up uh, concurrently at the same time. Um, we are asking for the additional height for a 73 feet height limit. Uh, however, right now our plans are calling for a 71 foot 8 inch height, uh, but we were, because at this early stage before plans are completely drawn up, we want to make sure we have a little bit of buffer in there. Um, this is the Midtown zoning uh, and we're that DC uh, 6 parcel there that's butted up against the PR parcels uh, and Ehart Street and then we have the DC parcels that got the other height um, CUPs up above us and into <coughs> the left uh, right there. Thank you Kenzie, appreciate that. Um, and then zooming in, um, the original Midtown conceptual master plan uh, proposed a hotel on this site uh, and it was a little bit more uh, blocky in nature. It was just kind of a rectangle uh, with adjacent parking that was all up against uh, PR3 but also parking going up to uh, Ehart Street. And that was just a conceptual plan but it did recognize there was a little small uh, kind of an architectural feature block that was fronting on the intersection of Church Street and Midtown Way um, and that's what we've kind of kept that fronting and that uh, front-facing or public-facing thing internal to the Midtown development. Uh, and then zooming in here, both Midtown Way, Church Street, and of course Ehart Street existing are all public streets. <clears throat> so we're surrounded on three sides by public streets. 
Um, <clears throat> and we mentioned uh, previously, we are exceeding all of the required uh, setbacks for both Midtown Way, New Church Street, Ehart Street, uh, and the PR uh, that is to the right of the site, as you're looking at it in plan view. Um, we have some substantial setbacks greater than what are required. <coughs> excuse me. We are proposing 134, 100, sorry, excuse me, 137 guest rooms on six floors. Um, we did reduce the parking, uh, and Mr. Ford, I think my slide earlier today was incorrect. We did reduce the parking from what we had shown on when we were here before you previously. We reduced the parking a little bit down to 74 parking spaces. There's 69 required. Uh, but the other thing we did is we added some additional uh, parking lot landscaping islands at some key, spo key spots uh, along that PR site uh, to try to provide some additional buffer because we can plant trees in kind of interior to our parking envelope where that public utility easement does not exist. So we're able to do that. Um, and we did then add uh, a double row of shrubs all along that PR site uh, to try to soften uh, not only the parking, uh, but also the building as much as we could. Um, one of the things to keep in mind, um, you know, we would have certainly liked to have planted a, a nice row of buffer trees uh, along that right-hand side there, uh, but unfortunately we can't put trees in a public utility easement, and so about 15% of our site is covered in public utility easement on both the PR side and the ER Street side uh, and Church Street. Uh, so that limits us from buffer plantings, trees, things like that that we can place on the site. Um, one of the things to point out, the landscaping, the buffer that we're proposing on Ehart Street, uh, we did add an additional street tree at the corner of Ehart and New Church Street. Uh, we do have those buffer plantings and shrubs all along the top of the retaining wall, uh, buffering the Ehart Street side. Um, and then there's also a few parking spaces to the right there that's on, on street parking. Uh, that was proposed as part of the overall Midtown development. Um, and it's uh, 12 feet to the retaining wall uh, from the back of the sidewalk there. So our landscaping and buffer on the planned residential side of our site, there's a combination of 18 and a half foot and 15 foot easements there that prohibit us from putting any trees. So that puts us 23 and a half feet off of that property line that is covered by easement that we really can't do much in. And there are um, stormwater, there is stormwater infrastructure and uh, water mains within those public utility easements. Um, so, showing you a little bit of the ground floor plan, and this is one of the things that we talked about: is was our request for the additional height is that we are proposing an Embassy Suites hotel, uh, and it's going to be uh, have some pretty nice amenities on the ground floor, uh, the, the lobby, of course, the indoor pool. Conference and meeting rooms, which are which are key, uh, we think to to the to the site itself, uh, the fitness center and the breakfast and the bar and restaurant, as well as the overall hotel operations. Uh, and then the the upper floors going up the second through the fifth floors have the guest rooms, um, and then on the right hand side you see the sixth floor has guest rooms, but there's also a bar with a little outdoor lounge that is facing back towards uh, the police station uh, and the parking garage. Uh, internal to the Midtown site. Um, and this is the conceptual hotel design that was shown in the pattern book from Midtown that was approved uh, several years ago throughout Planning Commission and Town Council. Uh, and then here was a couple of the other uh, um, graphics in the pattern book that were shown as a potential hotel site. 
Uh, and then this is our hotel that we're proposing uh, for the site. Um, here was the facade materials. I think Kenzie already showed you that. Uh, we can get into those details if you're interested, and Miller can, can talk to that as well, uh, if need be. Um, one of the things to keep in mind is our height relative to some of the other heights that have been approved within the Midtown development. Um, the DC-5 uh, there is just, you can see it just below. It's that top red line there, yep, right there. So we're just above it. Uh, and then I think the next one down uh, is DC, I'm sorry, Kenzie, I can't quite read it. DC-2. Uh, and then the last one down is DC-6, I mean, uh, DC-4, right? Um, so we're, we're right in there. Uh, there was a question at town council uh, work session today. Our site relative to the police department and the parking garage and DC-5 and all that, at Ehart Street, or I'm, I'm sorry, at, at Midtown Way and Church Street, that whole area there is relatively level on grade. Uh, and then as you get towards Clay Street, it does drop off down that way. But in that central core of the Midtown development, we're all kind of matching heights on, on relatively close uh, existing grades. Um, and then here's the looking uh, from Ehart Street towards the hotel. Uh, you can see the stuff that's in a little bit more um, color relief. That's the closest part of the hotel that's coming out towards Ehart Street. Uh, it has an effective height, if you're standing on Ehart <clears throat> Street, of 65 to 67 feet. Uh, and the reason I say effective height is because Ehart Street is climbing as you go away from Main Street. It's going uphill. Um, and so where we're at, that's that black dashed line there. Um, and so where we're at, we're, that part that's closest to Ehart Street is, is an effective height off of Ehart Street of about 65 to 67 feet. Uh, but we're also 53 feet off the edge of pavement uh, versus, as you saw in that original Midtown thing, that hotel was all the way uh, close to the setback on Ehart Street. Uh, and then the, the part that's furthest back and closer towards Midtown Way is an effective height of 61 to 65 feet as you go across and going up Ehart Street. And that's 183 feet from the pavement of Ehart Street. Um, and then this is our internal parking looking back towards PR3. Um, we have not shown those shrubs. We'll have those shrubs all along the entire uh, length of that property line. Uh, and then here's the Midtown Way elevation. So I'll run back really quickly. I think uh, one of the things that we talked about was, um, and Kenzie talked about, we have added uh, planters and uh, sidewalk and those types of things. We're kind of, we've requested that we be allowed to mix and match planters and benches and things like that uh, for, a, for a design that we work with our architect to come up with when we get to the site plan stage. Um, but as I think Kenzie mentioned today, we're more than happy to extend that wider sidewalk all the way down uh, Church Street as needed. Uh, that's not a problem at all. Uh, we'd shown what we thought made sense, uh, but certainly if it needs to, to go further, we accept that, and no problem. Uh, and then we've also added the uh, sidewalk connection uh, that was proffered from Midtown Way all the way through the site and up a set of steps to Ehart Street. I wanted to point out those two things uh, that were changes and be happy to answer any questions. Uh, Miller's here uh, as well. If you have any architectural questions or, or thoughts? Questions for the applicant? I don't recall what the conference room spaces that, that will be in the hotel. I mean, how significant are they on that ground floor? I'll defer to Miller if he wants to answer. 
And it, they're, they're still fairly under development. If you mean occupant load-wise, how many people would fit in it? That's probably the easiest way. Rough, it'd be 30 people, something. And as John mentioned, not to, as John mentioned, some of those amenities as embassy suite, you know, are required. Uh, if you notice, most hotels, most of the majority of this height is in that first floor and the floor-to-floor -floor height. Trying to make sure that 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 scale is appropriate and the size of the of all the um, components of that first floor are appropriate. Any further questions for the applicant? Great, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. <clears throat> we'll move on to public comment. If anyone would like to address the commission on this particular public hearing, now would be the time. Going once. Okay, hearing none, we'll move on. Would you like to rebut that uh, public comment? Yeah. <laughs> All right, do we have a motion and discussion? I move Planning Commission recommend approval of CUP 22-0005. I would second. With staff conditions as presented. Still second. <laughs> Any discussion? Great. Hearing none, we'll move to a vote. All those in favor of the motion? Aye. Aye. Wonderful. Thank you. All right, we'll move on to our second public hearing, which is ZOA number, six, uh, number 60, Ordinance 2001. A zoning ordinance amendment to amend the text of the zoning ordinance to create a new downtown Northwest zoning district for the area bounded by North Main Street, Turner Street, and Prices Fork Road. We have a staff presentation by Ann McClone. So I thought for the public hearing it might be useful just to kind of take a quick step back and cover a few things that Planning Commission has already talked about at your work sessions, but kind of what was the genesis for this zoning ordinance amendment. And it really started with the strategic plan for downtown Blacksburg. It was prepared by Development Strategies, completed in 2019, had a considerable amount of public input and ultimate publicly support for the uh, outcomes of the study. And I think the, the <clears throat> most important piece of it is that it recognized that our downtown is very different depending upon where you are in downtown. So the approach development strategies took was to break downtown up into sub-districts so that each one could be looked at individually for what its opportunities or constraints or potential for redevelopment could be. So one of those sub-districts is downtown Northwest. It's that area that's the triangle bounded by Price's Fork Road, Main Street, and Turner Street. And just looking at some of the images from the study about downtown Northwest in that uh, sub-district when it was talked about, just indicating that uh, you know, there were economic factors, market factors, uh, kind of senses of place and things that uh, we should take a look at, uh, policies that would uh, affect this. It is interesting, this one triangle is one of the few places where there's no direct residential interface. So that kind of makes it unique. It's also in a triangle with a substantial amount of development by the Virginia Tech Foundation uh, of Substance, the North End Center, which is being constructed now, as well as the previous construction of the office building in the parking garage. So some of the kind of character and identity items that were in the study, 
that this would be an area for high quality building standards. It's a good area for a mix of uses, ground floor retail. It has a tremendous amount of both visibility, but a tremendous amount of uh, pedestrian traffic. Uh, so ground level retail would be appropriate. Uh, density, an urban density is something that could be leveraged to get uh, some of the other things that are desirable in this area, better connectivity, better building materials. And this is the one place in all of the downtown study where it was identified that student-oriented housing may be appropriate. Uh, one of the other, I think, important elements that happens in this triangle uh, is the St. Luke and Odd Fellows Hall. And if there are any opportunities through redevelopment to kind of give that a little more breathing room or pay attention to that, uh, that would be helpful. These are just some precedent images, kind of ideas of mixed-use development from other places that were included from uh, development strategies. So that's kind of the big picture, and you think about, okay, we have downtown Northwest as a subdistrict. How do we implement that? And this zoning ordinance is the way to implement that. It creates a new zoning district that would get added to the text of the zoning ordinance. I would be very clear that creating the district doesn't change anybody's zoning. Uh, the air zoning in this area is all downtown commercial. Everyone can remain downtown commercial, uh, develop, redevelop, do whatever they would like, keep existing uses. So it doesn't change anyone's existing zoning. Um, and the downtown commercial is, frankly, the most intensive commercial district that we have. So to use the district, you do actually have to rezone to use the provisions of the district. Again, it's optional. It's designed to be incentive-based. It gives you things that uh, downtown commercial doesn't currently have, greater height, greater density. But with that comes greater expectations uh, for form and for placemaking than you might ordinarily expect in just downtown commercial. Uh, it's kind of described as a floating zone. It's out there and available, and it just sits out there until uh, someone wants to rezone to it, at which point, if a rezoning is approved, it will drop down on them. So the other thing I think we've talked about at your work sessions is it's a little bit different type of zoning district than the other ones you're used to in the zoning ordinance. It incorporates much more form-based zoning parameters and approach. And typically that involves more detailed standards, and I think you saw that when we walked through, you know, page by page the district uh, with uh, Chris Jeanette. Uh, there were a lot of detailed standards about building form, transparency, where the building can be. And, and that really helps, is what helps create that placemaking and that ultimate vision of what downtown, the downtown plan envisioned. So you did review drafts of the district at your October and November work sessions. We had taken what you shared with us in October, folded into the discussion of the November draft. The November draft mm -hmm. is what's posted on the web. That's the most recent version and what's before you this evening. And just that reminder that it was drafted by Camiros uh, on behalf of the town. And Chris Jeanette from Camiros was at both your work sessions and with council to kind of walk through this new approach to coding. So I do want to just stop for a minute and kind of talk a little bit about timeline because I think that's going to be of interest uh, to many of the people who came this evening. You are pretty far down the road in your discussions on this and are holding your public hearing this evening uh, to make a recommendation to council. Council is going to pause the process after receiving your recommendation. So no council public hearing has been scheduled. Uh, council would like to take a, a little bit of time and let's kind of review where we are 
And we know there are a number of key issues that still may need a little bit of discussion. Uh, and we've had input from people who I'm sure you'll hear from this evening, but we'd like some time to review that input as well. So the materials that we have to date, uh, including the draft of the district, the staff reporter on the town website, uh, and any new information or revisions would get posted to the website as well. Uh, if it turned out that there were substantive changes, uh, it is likely that council would send it back to you to get your thoughts on that. So uh, that ultimately would be council's decision, but typically if something changes in a very material fashion, uh, they want you to, to review that and give your thoughts on it. But I did just want everybody to know that we have the public hearing this evening, but there will be a, a pause and there will be a stop right now. Uh, so no one has to worry about over the holidays or trying to keep up with things. Um, we are gonna take that break. Kind of thinking about those key issues which you all talked about and kind of hashed through, I'm just gonna kind of remind you of uh, kind of where we left you when you were talking about those. The first one is the minimum parcel size. And there was a lot of discussion. We've had input. You had several pieces of correspondence um, uh, on the minimum acreage threshold, and there was a lot of discussion. I think where you ended was what is in the draft that was the three and a half acres that was recommended by staff. Uh, the whole goal of, of that is to get a sufficient amount of development that kind of implements the vision as outlined in the strategic plan. And that does, very honestly, it requires cooperation amongst property owners to, to make that happen. And that is one of the key issues I know we'll continue to discuss. But the draft that is before you this evening has the three and a half acres. Density is another key issue we had identified for this district. Um, the downtown commercial zoning district has a limitation of 48 bedrooms per acre, which is not a very urban density when you think about more multi-story urban development. We anticipate these being uh, a mixed-use project that would likely involve structured parking. And one of the options was to allow the form requirements to essentially determine the density. And some of that will depend on what someone ultimately decides to do in terms of units and bedrooms, how many units, but also are you doing more efficiency or studio in one bedroom, two bedroom? Um, are you doing ones with a greater number of bedrooms? And we did ask development strategies to give us some thoughts on urban densities. Uh, and they uh, provided us with some information which we provided to you, which was suggesting that that urban density may end up being between 200 and 240 beds per acre. Um, you had opted to decide to let the form requirements ultimately determine that maximum density. Not that you weren't insensitive in any way to the density as an issue, but that was kind of the regulatory mechanism uh, that you felt comfortable with. Height is another one of the key issues. We know there are significant concerns in the community about building height. The building height in the downtown commercial district is 60 feet. The district as drafted for downtown Northwest has heights from 75 to 125 feet. And as you'll recall, those heights step back from the center line of Main Street. The further you go back, the taller it can be. So it's designed to move those higher portions of the development more interior to the site. Uh, again, this has no direct residential interface, unlike much of our downtown commercial zoning. And a lot of the design standards that are embedded in this more form-based code are really designed to address how a building looks and feels, how it interacts with the street, what does that height feel like at the pedestrian level. Uh, it requires some building step backs from the street. Uh, again, we have these zones for height. 
and a lot of the architectural features required those breaks uh, to help kind of break up the mass of the building and give it some, some architectural variation, uh, I think will help um, change and influence how you feel, how tall you feel the building is. The last one of your key issues was drive-through facilities. They are not allowed in downtown commercial. We do have several. Those existing uses are non-conforming drive-throughs. And part of the conversation with this district is to are we going to allow them to replace the drive-through if a development with one chooses to participate in the optional rezoning? Allowing the drive-through to come back may influence their participation if they feel like they can get uh, the drive-through, which is often important uh, to, to those types of businesses. Although the downside of that, it could result in additional drive-throughs uh, if standards are met. So where you kind of landed in discussion was to allow the drive-throughs, but the district was drafted with kind of very urban standards so that the facility wouldn't look like a suburban fast food restaurant. It would be part of a mixed-use building, a multi-story building. So where the drift district is drafted today, it allows the drive-through, but it requires them to be a little more urban in form. So the structure of the district itself, this is just a listing of the different sections. Some of those I think people are very familiar with because they're common in all our districts, purpose statements, applicability, permitted uses. But I'm just going to kind of go through the sections and give you just a few highlights. We went through the district page by page, so I wasn't going to try to torture you with that this evening because you've already done that. So the purpose statement is very clear. It's an optional district. It's designed to create a dense, urban, connected, mixed-use development pattern that the standards address a lot of different and new things about building placement and building form and the idea of kind of leveraging density and height and mix of uses to get uh, better pedestrian scale and orientation, bike-friendly quality design, and of course trying to be sensitive to the uh, historic resource that's in this area. Applicability, this district is only applicable to that triangle of Main Street, Turner Street, Prices Fork Road. It floats, but it can't land anywhere else. It can only land in this triangle, so it is customized for this specific area. The district as drafted has a minimum acreage to rezone of three and a half acres. And again, that does require parcel accumulation, and part of that is designed to help us kind of in get everything that was envisioned with the strategic plan. In terms of definitions, there are some definitions that are new and somewhat unique to this district because they're new concepts. So where we have new definitions, they're included in this district and say that they are for the purposes of this district. Some of them are things like blank wall area or this idea of a build to percentage. Anything else would rely on the existing definitional structure in 2103 of the zoning ordinance. Permitted uses, it includes a permitted use table. The base for that was the downtown commercial list of uses. There is some more limitation on ground floor uses, particularly those with high visibility. And the goal is to help kind of activate that street level. And the restrictions are really more on the scale of the use than the use itself. Some uses in a small form um, might be uh, very accessible and public oriented and stimulate foot traffic, a small doctor's office, but something exceptionally large with one entrance really wouldn't activate the, the street front. Uh, we also did not include uses like a call center, which again, doesn't generate any pedestrian foot traffic. And we did do some differentiation between Main Street, which is really the most visible frontage 
uh, that there is on that uh, versus the interior areas of the district. The new sections that are kind of not common to other zoning districts is the dimensional standards. It does include this idea of a build-to line to try to pull the buildings to the street, a build-out percentage to try to fill that frontage with building as opposed to things like parking, and standards that are designed to help that building have an interaction with the street to make it inviting and pleasant for the pedestrian. Also in those dimensional standards are building stepbacks. Again, as height goes up, the building needs to step back so that the height is more internal to the site. Um, and we all also have standards that kind of help mitigate that height, especially at the pedestrian level with requirements for architectural variation. Design standards help break up the mass of the building with architectural variation. That can be in building materials, roof line, variations in window patterning, different architectural details limiting the idea of blank walls, requiring a certain level of transparency, and encouraging things like arcades and plazas. There are also site standards. Parking is one of them. The district does limit surface parking. We anticipate there will be small areas of it, but the idea is that in this urban environment, we would like to see structured parking, so there are some standards for parking decks. Um, and also encouragement, I think, that, that the building can wrap the parking. I think that's a useful technique to kind of disguise the impact of the structured parking. There are also standards for landscaping, and most of those are really about screening parking areas or service areas. And then we also kind of want to just set that tone that when we're talking about landscaping, it's likely to be more urban in nature. Uh, there will be street trees, planters, but it's not like big grassy open area. It's more likely to feel much more urban. In terms of signage, um, we decided to let a signage plan be included with the rezoning that a lot of the signage will be unique to whatever the building design is and we didn't want to come up with uh, a set of regulations that was actually too constraining. This will allow someone to customize the development with its signage of what they feel appropriate for the building design and the tenancy they expect. We would like to see signage that addresses both vehicular but also pedestrian types of signage. We do have a number of other special signage districts in town. First in Maine did one when the theater came in, and the North End District next door to this area, part of this area, uh, has one as well. So again, I just wanted to close with the timeline that this is before you this evening, uh, but that this process will pause after this evening and that no council public hearing has been scheduled. I know you have some speakers this evening and we would very much welcome what they have to say so that we can pass that along. And with that, that concludes my remarks, but I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have. Hearing none, uh, move on to public comment. Anyone who'd like to address the commission <coughs> on this particular public hearing? Please come forward, state your name and address. Hi, good evening. My name is Jeff Mitchell. I live at 2109 Reagan Road. Our firm represents 208 Turner Street, LLC, which owns Turner Northwest, a 60-unit studio and one-bedroom apartment complex on Turner Street located within the boundaries of the proposed district. The principals of 208 are traveling out of state today and unavailable and ask that I come and share their thoughts. 
First and foremost, 208 enthusiastically supports the concepts embedded in the proposed overlay district. They share the vision of the planners of a redeveloped area with green spaces, integrated structures, and a respect for the historic structures in this quadrant downtown. They see the proposed overlay district as a generational opportunity to create an urban, livable, walkable community that smoothly transitions into the Virginia Tech campus in a way that is seamless and positive both for Virginia Tech and for the town. They recognize that the economic realities of the redevelopment of this quadrant and the assemblage of the parcels have led the town to conclude that enabling high-density student housing is the only path forward to provide a financial underpinning to facilitate the realization of this vision and the assemblage of the property. They also recognize that the structure of this amendment is designed to encourage and foster cooperation among the 11 real estate owners within the district. As we have expressed to the staff, while 208 Turner supports the overall concept, the implementation plan needs some adjustment. In attempting to foster cooperation, the town seems to be inadvertently creating a dynamic that could result in winners and losers. A landowner is either on the inside of a 3.5 acre development that enjoys the benefits of the overlay or they're on the outside looking in. Further, the only incentives contemplated in this amendment are those to enable student housing, specifically a national student housing <coughs> developer. There are no incentives to encourage commercial retail development and no plan for parking within the district. There are several ways to incentivize commercial development and smaller partial development in a, manager, in a manner that accomplishes the goals articulated in the strategic plan and achieves those plan's goals. If the commission chooses to move this amendment forward to town council, we request you do so with some conditions. We request that prior to town council consideration, the staff be requested to consider the removal of the 3.5 minimum acreage. That the staff be requested to determine whether smaller parcels could be allowed to develop within the conceptual framework of the proposed overlay district, but outside the 3.5 acre assemblage. That staff be requested to consider the removal of the 300 foot street frontage requirement. And that staff be requested to develop a more specific set of details about the public open space and the street dedications. We recognize that the goal of this amendment is to set out concepts. However, during our meetings with the staff, we learned that the consequences of being left out of the 3.5 acreage could be severe and detrimental to the excluded landowners. As written, the downtown Northwest District will house a single mega development in a portion of the district with several abandoned remaining parcels outside the district. While we encourage the staff while we congratulate the staff um, and the town for this bold vision, we would welcome the opportunity to work with this staff to address these concerns. Thanks. Yeah. My name is Joe Gatto. I'm with Core Spaces. Uh, I live in Chicago. Address is 1220 North Bosworth. Um, I echo a lot of uh, Jeff's comments. I want to start off by saying congratulate staff for coming up with something we think is very, use the word bold, we agree, really like a lot of the vision for it, um, and uh, are excited about the conversation here tonight. Um, 
a little bit about core spaces, just so you know who is speaking. We are a large national developer, so I think it's appropriate that I came up after Jeff. He's talking about me in, in, in one of those comments, and quite frankly, we agree with him. Um, you know, we, I, I'm biased. I like developing big buildings. Um, would love to be the person uh, proposing one of those build, big buildings in this district someday. Um, that being said, we don't think that it is the right move for making sure that development actually does occur in line with the vision. The vision is to have great development that aligns with a form, achieves multiple goals, bringing density to the downtown, very thoughtful in its design. Whether it's three buildings or one is really irrelevant. You probably wouldn't even notice if they were shared party walls, just like many cities in America. Um, and so, you know, we um, as owners in the district um, would kindly request that you at least consider lowering it if not outright removing it. We came up with a number that was 1.5 acres. Um, it was pretty thoughtful how we came up with it, analyzing the number of different owners and different variations. We actually sent something, and I don't know if. Yeah, let me see um, if that ended up. I was taught never to rely on a PowerPoint, so it, it worked out well that uh, I would speak first before relying on this. Um, so you can kind of, I think, through hey, hey. some of the later slides in here, uh, understand what I, I mean by that. but. Effectively, uh, more so than just condemning the district to having losers for those who are outside of the 3.5 acres, we feel pretty strongly that we're going to create a district and you know, the staff is going to put up in all this work to potentially not have a development because of how complicated it can be to get at a minimum four individual owners to come together in today's world. I always say the hardest part about my job as a developer is not hard costs coming up with, you know, a general contractor who can build for the right price or, you know, coming up with the vision and the interior design. It's none of that. It's timing. Timing kills all of our deals. We assemble properties for a living. I can tell you firsthand how hard it is to assemble five different owners with five different uh, loans expiring at different times with five different lease terminations that they have to work through. Um, five different family, family ownership structures where you know, people have different incentives and, and goals, uh, short term and long term, it'd be really difficult. And so um, I think in one of the slides at the end, Anne, um, if you, I think, you have the oh, right it should help you. Perfect, thank you, I'm if sorry. If it doesn't, I'm happy to be your human remote. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Uh, uh, we, we came up with four different scenarios that allow you to achieve 3.5 acres. Um, scenarios one through three have five individual owners. Scenario four is four individual owners, us being one of them. Uh, we're the, uh, in this scenario, the two parcels that are on the upper right hand of the assemblage. Um, and so I'll just quickly breeze through to um, alert you to some of the uh, different assemblages that can be put together. Uh, further complicating the challenges of a developer to put together this many unique individual owners is the variety of uses on the site. Retail, retail slash office, you know, depending on what you want to count the bank as, um, restaurant, apartments, and uh, as you move southwest uh, within the district, um, uh, single family home used as a uh, uh, Greek housing. So. Really challenging when you have that. When you have residential, it can be easier because they're shorter term leases and they naturally expire. As a developer, the one thing you really don't want to be doing is kicking people out. It can be really difficult. It's, um, 
not what we want to do. And a lot of times we have to find temporary homes for retailers or office tenants um, so that they don't lose their, their you know, livelihoods because they can't just pause for two years while we develop it. Um, and if, even if they were, um, you know, then it, it can lead to you know, just a lot of challenges with them coming back in and not you know, um, having the, the right space for them. So um, we would kindly request that you consider eliminating it altogether at the very least, lowering it to 1.5 acres. I'll note that that is above uh, the acreage that we own, so we would still have to work with neighbors. It would still help uh, to create the, the I think, uh, vision that, that the community wants, which is a really big, impressive project. Um, and then the only other thing that I think um, we wanted to speak on was the, um, uh, the step backs the point at which they occur, not necessarily the height, but uh, in looking at the pedestrian experience, we felt that the um, step backs can occur closer to Main Street and still achieve the, the goal of them. So I'll, I'll do a side-by-side -side here that hopefully can help you understand uh, what I mean by that. So if you're standing in the alleyway between Main Street and Progress and you're looking at the building for, um, towards Main Street, you can't see the tallest part of the building. And that doesn't change with what's planned or what the core space's uh, you know, recommendation on bottom uh, would, uh, the condition that that would create. So uh, similar pedestrian experience, greater impact in terms of uh, density, more flexibility to do some cool and you know, architecturally interesting things um, and you know, build a better product. Thank you. Thank you. Any further public comment on this particular public hearing? Yep. Great. Santini, I live on Progress Street, and uh, uh, I'm in favor of what they just mentioned. And uh, I live just behind uh, Taco Bell. And personally, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, the tall building behind me. Uh, because I think it is a, a, a benefit for us, uh, the living town, adding the student, if those apartments are going to be for the students or student-oriented, uh, we're going to have less traffic, hopefully. If they create parking lot under the, those buildings, it would be ideal for the traffic that we have there. Naturally, for me, it would be a little bit um, a deterrent because uh, it's not a deterrent contrary to my way of living because I would have more students on my alleyway. But uh, for the town as a whole, I think is uh, uh, a good and right move for it. So I think that um, I hope you gonna vote in favor of it, of, uh, of this project and also lowering from three and a half to one and a half. Thank, Thank you. you. Further comment on this public hearing? Okay. Hearing none, um, I guess uh, before we go into a motion and discussion, just for clarification, um, what exactly are we voting on? <laughs> um, I, What's before you is the November version of the district. That's the one that you went through mm -hmm. and talked about 
um, at your November work session. Right. So I think the motion would be on that. Okay. Uh, if there are specific things you would like to do, I think this is an instance where uh, uh, a follow-up motion, if there were specific things that kind of you heard this evening that you would like uh, more discussion on uh, from staff with town council, I think you could do that as a separate motion. Mm -hmm. uh, if you felt there were things you wanted to relay to council through your motion making uh, for things that you wanted to be uh, further discussed or looked at. It's just a little, this is a little different as a code amendment than typically what you have before you, like your previous public hearing. Right. But your motion would be on the downtown Northwest Zoning District, whether you want to approve or deny the uh, zoning ordinance amendment for the downtown Northwest Zoning District. So b before the motion's made, just hypothetically, we could make a motion, hypothetically, um, that would state that we're in favor of passing this on to town council, but that we would very much like town council to take into consideration some of the comments made by representatives of the owners in the district. I might suggest that you actually make that as two motions. Make your one motion very direct on that, mm -hmm. on the district itself, yeah. and then a separate motion saying kind of specifically what you heard this evening that you'd like more uh, discussion on. At, at council at the le yeah. council's level. Okay. Is that clear? As much. Yeah. Would anyone care to make a motion, hypothetically or not? <laughs> <laughs> well, I move Planning Commission recommend approval of zoning number 60, ordinance 2001, as presented by staff. Second. Your second motion? Oh, second. Susanna will second. I didn't say it loud enough. Okay. Second. Okay. okay, second. Great. Uh, any discussion on this motion? So um, I commend the staff and our consultant um, who worked on this. It's great. There's so much I like about this. Um, I appreciate the comments made tonight um, in the public comment period. Um, there are important issues like you were talking about. Um, but as it stands tonight, I'm not, I'm not ready to support it. I have real concerns about that upper level of the height at 125. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so for now, despite everything else I like about this ordinance, I'm a little concerned about that upper limit. So um, I'm not gonna support it tonight. And I, um, as a point of clarification on that very topic, the fact that we are discussing the possibility of recommending approval and also recom recommending to town council that there are some significant issues to be addressed and looked at and to staff. I think my concern is a little bit sort of process oriented, but that brings it up, which is if, we're, if we were to vote to send it on, but with concerns, what's the difference between concerns regarding the acreage versus concerns regarding the recommended height? I think I'm a little fuzzy on that question. Fair. I, I don't think you're fuzzy. I think you're, you're 
you're right at, on point. Because um, I, I do feel um, we have this document, the most recent draft from November 28th. Yeah. And uh, Commissioner Ford has identified he's got some issues with a certain tenant of it, which would um, preclude him from um, recommending approval. Um, I think if there's other specific tenants of it that people have, commissioners have concern with, they can um, voice that with their vote. Mm -hmm. Any other discussion? Put forward. Yeah, I too have um, a concern that was brought up tonight, not so much with the height. Uh, I, I think that that could be uh, addressed with the setbacks, and I, I'm, I'm comfortable enough with those distances and the heights in general. Mm -hmm. uh, I do think that the um, there needs to be further evaluation of the parcel size is my biggest question at this point, is if 3.5, and this is not new um, this this discussion about the parcel size and what is the right one and I don't know that we know that exactly yet uh, we heard some from Camaros uh, their explanation you know and I know that there was a lot of thought put into that but at the same time thinking how this extremely unusual shaped part uh, triangle triangle of, of land gets gets carved up amongst its uh, 11 owners um, so I, I I'm, I'm prepared to, to support it tonight with that recommendation that further exploration before during this pause process gets further evaluation I personally would like to see it lower than that but um, what is the right number I don't know I think it needs to be further evaluated so maybe we could present that in a second motion after we vote on first? Yeah, that's that's kind of okay. what it sounds like. Uh, okay. Any further discussion? So what's before us is a motion and a, uh, to approve the November 28th document uh, and concept. Um, and we have a second. So we'll vote on this motion to either send it forward or not. And uh, if we do vote and agree to send it forward, I would recommend we make a second motion which, in which we identify uh, those elements that we would like town council to uh, pay particular attention to and po points of emphasis that we'd like them to address uh, in, under, uh, during their review. Yeah, won't it go forward regardless of whether it's passed or not? Yes, it will. Yeah, right. just whether we recommend it. Right. Yeah, good point. Whether we whether we send it forward with a recommendation for approval. So I would recommend we vote on the motion and uh, second to uh, regarding the November 28th document, the draft that's on the web, whether or not we recommend uh, this for approval to town council. So. That being the vote on the table, all those in favor? All those against? Great. 
So since we have no recommendation. Yes, you're four to three, aren't four to you? Three. Four, four to three. three. Four to three to recommend. Approved. Okay. With that, then I recommend we have a second motion uh, regarding points of emphasis for council to address in their review. Primarily, uh, I believe that the acreage is of issue. The height is of issue. Are, are there other? Uh, I think one of the speakers referenced also the minimum road frontage that's embedded along with the 3.5 acres. Is so those kind of go together. If yeah, you're going to do one, you probably should look at the other. Hmm. All those uh, people in favor of that? I mean, I, I hate to say it, but Mr. Mitchell, you know, he laid down the things about the encourage, you know, uh, the park. I think he said parking, but also the um, encouragement for commercial and some of those others. I mean, he had a list and, and there was they were good so <laughs> it included more detail on the open space requirements and street dedication uh, I think and more detail on parking were the three that I jotted down in addition to the ones you've already covered okay the other issue that was raised is this question of ways of incentivizing commercial development Yeah, and I think that's probably the, the most critical. I think all the others will fall into, into place as long as council can address that particular issue of right now. It's, just, it, it's interpreted as the, it's being incentivized for purpose-built uh, student housing. And are there, other, are there ways to incentivize additional commercial housing? Okay. I, I think it's encouraging that true mixed use yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That it's exactly. It's yes. We understand that this has the opportunity to be a higher density for student housing, but also an increased uh, opportunity for that mixed use. Whether that is the you know whatever those incentives might be from a commercial standpoint, from a open space standpoint, from accommodating required parking, mm -hmm. all of those things go into that into that puzzle right so I think it's encouraging what all those mixed uses are rather than it just being apartment towers full of students mm -hmm. so to simplify the motion should we just say that we'd like points of emphasis to address the comments made at today's public hearing by the public uh, during public comment it also maybe your motion is that you're moving to request that staff and town council Further consider specific standards in the districts, including the minimum acreage to rezone in consideration of lower acreages, the minimum road frontage requirement, height, ways to incentivize commercial development, and have conversations with owners on other issues raised during the public hearing. Second. I like that. Does that did sound get, like a motion? Did you get all you that, like? Joel? Yeah. Hypothetically. <laughs> well, I already made my motion, and I'm actually in favor of the way it sits now, so I'm not going to be making this one. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I make a motion that we... <laughs> what Ann said. What Ann said. Lucy <laughs> can write that and put it in the minutes sure. from yes. what staff's suggestion yes. was. I'll second. All those in favor of that discussion. motion? Is there a discussion? Any additional discussion on that? I feel like we've had some. Any additional? No? Hearing none, all those in favor of the motion? Aye. 
you. That was one of the more complicated ones I've ever dealt with. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it'll hopefully it'll bear some fruit. Great. Um, and our third public hearing and fourth public hearing and fifth public hearing have all been canceled. They were addressed in the consent agenda. Um, so with that, we'll close the public hearing and we will open citizen comment. Now is the time that uh, citizens can address the commission on any issue um, that they may wish to bring up. Okay, hearing none. Oh, no, we have some movement. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Hearing none, we'll move on to unfinished business. Zoning Ordinance Review Committee. Uh, we have met regarding the small scale alcohol and that. And in January, I'll be sending out an invitation in January to yeah. meet on the accessory apartments. That's the next one in the queue for zoning ordinance amendments. So you'll get that in this coming week probably to set aside some time in January for that. Okay, great. Historic or design review board? Uh, Hadarb has not met, uh, so there is nothing to report. Great. Montgomery County Planning Commission. Uh, Montgomery County Planning Commission met twice in November. Uh, they recommended approval of a uh, mixed-use residential apartment duplex single-family home uh, development on Peppers Ferry Road, and they also recommended approval of the infamous travel center on Tyler Road and Mud Pike. Uh, so those moving on to um, Montgomery County Board of Supervisors. And they also had a work session on the also somewhat infamous um, inert debris landfill on Walton Road, um, which they were asked to go back and present everything they want to do in the future. So there's now a major plan for that site being developed for every expansion that they might want to possibly do in the future. So there's not all sorts of individual SUPs um, to support phase after phase. That's great. all I have. Thank you. That was great. Uh, additional items from planning commissioners? Okay, hearing none, we'll move on to new business. Chair's report, I have none. Planning director's report? Have none. Town council report? We had a work session today, um, and it was a lot of financial review. Um, one of the key things was we reviewed the financial indicators, revenue and expenditures, feeding into the, uh, the recommended capital improvement plan. This is, um, and so we got a high level thing of the CIP projects that we'll be looking at for the next five years. Um, and I believe planning commission will be getting a review of some of that coming soon, I believe. It is your December 20th work session is your overview of the CIP. Great. All right, with that, we stand adjourned. Thank you.